Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna to the son of David, right? Can we get some halal for Jesus right now? I'm going to miss that. I don't know if Westsiders know how to do halhole. <laughs> this is such a, a beautiful day, right? And I honestly love, 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 love halhole because of what it means, right? If you didn't know, but halhole comes from the word hallelujah. And even in the time of Jesus, when he came into the city of Jerusalem, that is literally the very sound that they were making. You know, I remember in seminary, we would always do it all the time, and all the khwara would get scared anytime we would do it in the seminary. <laughs> but it's such a beautiful sound, it's such a beautiful noise, because especially for us in our culture, in our Chaldean culture, when we do that, it's a sound of joy. It's a sound of celebration. And when we think about this joy and celebration, we might think, well, what were the people in Jerusalem at the time? What were they celebrating? You know, Jesus is coming on a donkey into their city and they're just so elated with this joy, so filled with this spirit of positivity and joy that they are just filled with it and they're letting it out in front of Him and to Him. The reason why they were so happy and they were so joyful is because of the very word that they were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna which means save us. They were crying out to Jesus to save them. Now, they knew very well the Jews were waiting for this Messiah. They were waiting for this Savior to come to save them from the rule of the Roman Empire. They were under the rule of the Romans and they were waiting to be saved by this Messiah because they no longer wanted to be under their rule. There were taxes they had to pay, different things they had to do. Sounds familiar to you in America, right? <laughs> and that's what they were very upset about. And so they wanted the Savior to come because they were just an oppressed people. They were a people that were really oppressed by the Romans. And so when they were singing Hosanna, when they were singing to Jesus to save them, they wanted Jesus to save them in a political way, in an earthly way, in a worldly way. But what Jesus was coming to bring was something completely different. And we know that because in a real way, the same people that were crying Hosanna, just five days later, will be crying, crucify Him, crucify Him. They weren't happy with what Jesus had to give. They came to this knowledge that what Jesus was, was really not what they were expecting. But Jesus was coming to save them and to give them a very important thing that I've been praying about this week, which is peace. Jesus was coming to give them peace. Now how many of us need peace so desperately in our lives? Some of us might be sitting in this church and maybe in you, in your lives, in our lives, we might be thinking, man, when am I going to get a break? You know, my life is just like one thing after the other. And it seems like I can never get this break. And we just want so desperately that peace. I want to preach today about a couple of things that are obstacles to receiving that peace. Because that's what Jesus came to do. 
Jesus came to give us peace. That's what he's here for. And honestly, every Sunday before Mass, especially as I'm praying in adoration in the morning in front of the Eucharist, I pray that every time you come to Mass, especially on Sunday, that you would receive something from the Lord. And I know that we shouldn't always be coming to God and coming to church and wanting something. But I honestly pray as your priest, as your spiritual father, that when you come here, that you would experience God, that you would leave here with His peace or leave here with whatever you need. Whatever you came here to receive, that's what I want you to receive. And today, I think it is peace. God wants to give His peace. Now, the first thing that I think is an obstacle to that is, first, is doubt and unbelief. The reason why we can't experience peace is because we are filled with doubt in God. We are filled with unbelief, just like the Pharisees. You know, the Pharisees saw Jesus coming in, and they literally went to him and they said, Do you hear what these people are saying? Do you hear what they're screaming? And actually, in another gospel, the Pharisees tell Jesus, Silence them. Tell them to be quiet. And Jesus says to the Pharisees, If I told them to be quiet, even the very stones would cry out. Jesus wants to us to receive his peace, but we can't do that until we really believe, until we really trust. I was talking to someone recently, and they were filled with a lot, a lot of doubt in God because they were going through something very difficult in their life. So this particular person was blaming God for this one thing that's happening. Well, why is God doing this to me? And why is God giving this to me? And I don't understand this. And as I was sitting with them, it just came upon me to say to them, if you're going to blame God for the one bad thing that's happening to you, who do you blame for all of your blessings? Who do you blame for all of the good things that God has given you? The reason that we doubt, the reason that we struggle with belief is because there's something happening in our life that we are not happy with. And when we're not happy with that thing, the very first thing we do is we blame God. We blame Him. You did this to me. You are making me go through this. You are making me carry this. Well, what about all the good things? What about the fact that we literally woke up today and walked into this church and came into this church and are sitting here? What about that? What about the fact that some of us are sitting here with our families, with your children? What about the fact that God has blessed you with health, that God has given you a second day? And so if we're going to blame Him, for the little crosses or the big crosses that God gives us. And if we're going to doubt God in those moments, what about the good moments? What about the blessings? The second thing that is an obstacle to receiving God's peace is sin. When we fall into sin, when we are living in sin, when we are struggling with sin, we will not know God's peace. 
Jesus says you cannot serve two masters. You can't serve God and serve the devil. It doesn't work. Yes, you might experience pleasure in life, but we will never be satisfied until we fight sin. And how do we fight sin? But by going to confession, giving our sin to Him. The third thing that is an obstacle to peace is our anger, our hatred, and our unforgiveness. And our anger and hatred can be so little as, oh, she didn't call me on my birthday. Or it could be so big as your spouse cheating on you. Our anger and hatred can be in both levels, in both areas. But whether it's the big or whether it's the small, when we live in anger and hatred, we will never know God's peace. We need to learn to let it go. To let it go. And some people might say, well, what did I do to deserve this? What did I do to deserve this person to treat me this way? What did I do to them in order for them to do that to me? I wonder if that was one of the words of Jesus on the cross. When Jesus was on the cross, did he say to us, what did I deserve to do this? What did I deserve to be crucified? How did I deserve this? Did Jesus say that? No. He said, Father, into your hands I give you my spirit. And so when we are living in that anger and hatred, my brothers and sisters, we too need to give it to the Lord. Now, none of this works. We will never move on from our doubt, our sin, our hatred, our anger, unless we're taking action. Peace is not just a feeling. I'm not just going to sit in my house and Jesus, give me peace. Jesus, I want peace. And I'm just waiting in my house for Jesus to give me peace. That's not going to happen. That is not how we receive peace. We have to move. We have to take action. We have to work. One of my favorite quotes from St. Augustine is, God creates us without our consent, but He will not save us without our consent. What does that mean? That God creates us without us even doing anything. He doesn't come and ask you, do you want to be created? He just creates us. But in order for God to save us, we need to work. We need to respond. We need to act. And so we are about to enter the most, the holiest week of the year. The holiest week of the year is about to take place. And if you have plans on Good Friday to go to Birmingham or go to some ratchet club, cancel them. Cancel them. God is more important, Jesus is more important than some dinner on Good Friday, than some party this coming Friday. That is ridiculous. What are we saying to the Lord on Good Friday when we just enjoy our pleasure? enjoy our time. What we're saying is, yeah, you died on the cross, but it's not that big of a deal for me anymore. This is literally the holiest week of the year. You know, some people might be traveling this week, and I know that happens for kids, you're off on school, 
But if you are traveling, even that day needs to be a holy day. Even that day needs to be an amazing day. Enjoy your vacation. But that day, give it to God. You see, when Jesus was in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, it was hard. It was difficult. Jesus did not have an ocean view room at the Fountain Blue in Miami, okay? He was struggling. He was fighting for 40 days and 40 nights, and we can barely give up meat because it's too hard. If we want peace, we have to work for that peace. We have to fight for that peace. And so in these days that are about to take place, God wants to give us that peace. God wants to give us that love. God wants to give us that joy. But remember, there is no Easter without Good Friday. Easter cannot happen until Good Friday happens first. Jesus does not rise until He gives His life completely on the cross. And so as we leave this church today, we have that opportunity. Lord, I can spend this week really giving my life to You, really working, really trying to accept Your salvation, to accept Your peace, or it can just be any other week. Let's make this week the holiest week of our life. The holiest week that we've ever lived so that we can know His peace and know His love because that's what He has waiting for you. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. Amen.